All right, everybody, welcome to this live episode of The Compliance Guy. As always, I want to begin by saying thank you so much to each and every single one of you who's taking time out of what I know is an extremely busy day to tune in, log on, and just hang out with me and my special guest. And today, I, you know, I said it earlier when I um, was making sure everybody was well aware that I had a live podcast today. Um, I'm so excited to welcome my friend, and I get to call her my friend because we've become friends, uh, Tracy Brown. And Tracy is just, besides being an incredible investigator and detector of all things fraud, lies, identity theft, BS, whatever you want to refer it to, she's also an incredible athlete. Um, she, uh, was on the cycling team. She's won numerous medals and I'm going to let her talk a little bit about that, but I got the opportunity to meet Tracy when we were in Las Vegas earlier this year at the AMBA conference and Tracy was the keynote speaker and we had this opportunity to engage in, um, making this determination as to whether or not somebody was telling the truth or whether they were just full of it. And we had some, we had three people that were uh, uh, part of this panel and mine, uh, you know, I wasn't certain as to what I was going to be asked until Tracy revealed the question. And I think mine had to do, if I'm not mistaken, Tracy with, um, uh, being at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, you got that state. one, yeah. <laughs> Should I tell people what we did, really? Yeah, we can. But again, before we do that, I just want to say I'm so excited to have you on this program. And I know I'm starting to see a lot of people logging on. Uh, we are streaming live, not only on LinkedIn, but we're also on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, and two or three other live streaming platforms. And this will be recorded for anybody who misses this program today. And then you'll also be able to find this on your favorite uh, podcast platform, Apple, uh, Amazon, Google, Spotify, RSS, and more than 80 podcast platforms. So without further ado, I want to welcome Tracy Brown to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. It's I'm, I'm glad we get to do this. I know scheduling was a, was a, a trick, but uh, I'm psyched to be here. Yeah, I'm, I, and I love when people were using words from like the 80s and 90s, psyched, stoked. It just kind of <laughs> makes me feel back in my element. So thank Are you, you for calling me old. <laughs> Listen, I, I think I'm actually older than you. I've got five grandbabies. Oh, yeah. No, you're old. <laughs> yeah, I am old. I am. They, they are starting to compare me to dirt that they're pulling from different historic sites. So that's oh, that's when go. you know. Yeah, so. Um, with that said, um, I have turned on the chat feature today for anybody who is interested in asking Tracy questions, because we are going to be going through and talking about her latest book, which is How to Detect Lies, Fraud, and Identity Theft. And I have gone through this book. I have dog-eared a whole bunch of pages. I have a whole bunch of things that I want to uh, talk to Tracy about. But here's, here's the thing. Whether you are a practice manager, a CEO, CFO, HR director, investigator, government investigator, whatever your role is, 
it's so important to make sure that you understand so many of the different techniques, the different things that you should be looking for to be able to determine whether or not the wool is being pulled over your eyes or somebody is actually being genuine with you. And there are so many things because over my 27 years of being in healthcare, I've been so blessed to engage in investigations that were tied to the Office of Inspector General or to the Department of Justice for a KITAM or whistleblower case or the U.S. Attorney's Office. And, you know, as Tracy and I were talking about, you know, spending time in my earlier uh, career on Capitol Hill, uh, working with various members in the upper and lower chambers, man, you've got to know how to detect the BS from I don't know, fantasy or fiction or whatever it is. So with that said, um, we'll, we'll talk about where you can get a copy of this book. Tracy has her own podcast as well, which is really cool. I've been watching so many of these episodes. But beyond that, she's also been um, uh, featured in Time Magazine. And she's really gotten a ton of accolades for her work. But more than that, she's really embarked into the true crime uh, arena beyond assisting um, in investigations that had to do with cold cases, fraud, waste, abuse, all of these incredible things. Um, so I'll let Tracy, as we kind of get into this, talk about it. But really, what is it out of the gate, Tracy, that folks need to pay attention to when they engage in a conversation with not only their employees, but I think a lot of the men and women that are listening in today too are wondering, how do I catch my spouse if I don't trust something that's coming out of their mouth? <laughs> well, right. So that's that's what I focus on is how to detect lies, right? And and lie detection comes at the intersection of body language, tone, and words. So when I advertise myself, I say I'm a body language expert, which is true, um, but that's not enough in and of itself to to detect lies. It's sexy. It gets me in the door to speak at a lot of conferences. So um, the the number one thing that our law enforcement looks for is a shift in baseline behavior. And uh, we all have a normal way that we behave. And then when we get to fabricating things, what happens is we use a different part of our brain. Uh, and, and fabrication, that's a code word for, for a lie. And what happens is um, we go into, it's called cognitive overload. So So your brain is doing too much. And, and the body language falls off the plate. So what's the brain doing? Well, it's remembering the, the real story, trying to remember the story you just told. It's um, adding time, adding uh, uh, emotion, like all these little details. And um, in, in the, it doesn't, like something's got to give. And, and so that's, that's really what you want to look for. And the, the, um, in, in, you would notice like a shift in behavior around a incriminating, like potentially incriminating question, right? Um, and that's where small talk comes in so handy because like if, if you just start out any conversation with small talk, with questions and conversation that people don't have any reason to lie about, like, um, right. like how many dogs do you have? Like that kind of thing. Or how many kids do you have? Or where'd you grow up? Like those kind of things then you can start to see those those shifts and go okay wait a minute you need to dig deeper right and and it's important not to go into any conversation uh where you're like i'm going to catch them i'm going to bust them and because not only are you going in biased and that's uh, i think really dangerous but um what you want to do is is be more elegant about it and essentially 
give them enough rope so they'll hang themselves. And um, that that happens when when you dig deep around certain points where they've they've given off signs that say, okay, wait a minute, something's not quite right here. And um, and when you elegantly do that and just ask a few of the right questions and use silence to your um, to your benefit, right? Because like when you ask a question and then you're silent and you don't you don't talk and you ask it like you expect an answer, you will hear some fantastic things that come out of the mouth of whoever is across from you. And so just just using that that technique can be uh, really beneficial because what happens is you um, you create a stress point for them and you've just got to be more uncom- more comfortable being uncomfortable than, than they are. Let them talk first. Yeah. You know, that's, that's awesome because you're, you're reaffirming some of the things that I do. So what, one of the things when I'm doing an investigation on behalf of a client or when I'm working Mm -hmm. on a government case, you know, I will always start off with, you know, just trying to get that person to be my, my friend for the duration of that Mm -hmm. encounter. Right. You know, good morning. How are you? I try to smile. I try to be engaging, endearing, warm, because what I'm trying to do, right, is to break down any barriers. Because people, when they hear that this is an interview for an investigation, naturally, am I am I correct in saying they become very defensive, and you know their their defense mechanisms come into play, and they put up these barriers, these walls, and they make themselves very aloof a lot of times, even if they're not the target of the investigation. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, when I'll, when I ask a question, I oftentimes will just shut up, mm-hmm. you know? So I understand that blah. And then I just sit there and I take my pen and I just look at the person mm-hmm. and I wait. And it's so interesting to me that that silence can make people just verbal vomit out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, anytime you're in any kind of investigation, people are in anxiety, right? And anxiety is, is really defined as uh, putting a negative uh, event in the future and focusing on it. And so um, in, in any kind of investigation, like where there's smoke, there's fire, and they know that, right? Yeah. And maybe uh, they're gonna, you're going to find what you think you're going to find, and maybe you're going to find something else. And so, so you're going to get people who are more tense or more chatty or more acting aloof. They know they're being watched, right? So, um, be, gaining rapport with, uh, with folks is one of the most important skills that you can have. And I have a whole, uh, I, I spoke on gaining rapport pretty much exclusively for about eight years. And, um, and, and there's something to it, like just starting to understand how to, how to connect with people, put them at ease and, um, and make it feel comfortable. Like get them in a, in a conversation. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I picked up in your book and it's actually right out of the gate is you use a term survival Mm -hmm. and you break it down. Can you, can you break that down for our listeners today? What survival, uh, uh, you know, is from an acronym standpoint? Oh gosh, by memory? No. (laughs) Okay. So, so let me, let me, let me, let me kind of kick that off. So, The S that you have is to size up the situation, surroundings, physical condition, and equipment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and all of this, here's the deal. 
all this it's right out of the um, military handbook, right? The I think I think the Marine handbook. And uh, so here's the thing: situational awareness is key. And most of us, and I say this in my talk, I say it a different way. Most of us are paying so much attention to uh, ourselves, we're just not paying attention to what goes on around us. And and that is important, you know, for lie detection. It's important for threat. I think these days, where everyone thinks it's cool to just go start shooting. Um, people in a crowd, I think you have to be aware. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. Not not necessarily in a um, like where you feel threatened kind of way, but little things are signs. There's almost always signs about what's going to happen next. And to the extent that you decide to not pay attention, and sometimes I purposely don't pay attention because I think I pay a lot of attention uh, a, a lot of times. And sometimes, you know what? I just put on my noise canceling headphones and um, and don't pay attention. And you know what happened to me the last time I quit paying attention when I had my noise canceling headphones on? I was, because uh, I just wanted to be left alone. I was sitting, um, I was going to Louisville, t Kentucky to speak at the, uh, I spoke at the Bowling Proprietors Association. So all these people own bowling lanes. They were so fun. And um, someone, I was on the plane and someone put, uh, uh, trying to put a suitcase up above me, wasn't paying attention. You know what happened? Suitcase freaking falls on my head. And um, and it was heavy too. And that that is, I was not paying attention. So you don't pay attention, you pay with pain. I got that. And so uh, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so now you're, now you're paying attention, you know, and that's one thing, you know, it, I, I talk about my wife all the time and, you know, we, you know, we love to go out to eat and, you know, I, I struggle in social situations, right? Um, one, I'm socially awkward. But two, um, I I have anxiety when I'm in a crowd, right? So for me- Yeah, my husband does too. Yeah, so for me, with some of my background and everything, you know, I'm constantly, my eyes are always circulating. My peripherals, mm -hmm. I'm looking at everything, you know, and my wife will look at me and she'll be like, hey, I'm right here. Mm -hmm. right? Look at me, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, um, you, you made a great point because every day, all you have to do is turn on the news to, again, be disheartened by another innocent person being shot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you ask yourself, how did they put themselves into that situation? Or, you know, were they in a place where they shouldn't have been, or were they aware of the place that they were going? I mean, like shopping malls now. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, it's crazy what's going on. But, um, you, you know, back to back to your your acronym. So it's survival, right? So mm -hmm. we talked about the S. U is for use of all your senses, uh, and mm -hmm. I think that's what we're talking about right now: being aware of your surroundings. You know, hearing, listening. You know, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's it's noticing what's different and what's out of place. Because because what happens is because let's let's face it, you know, we don't we don't want to cause too much of a stir, right? Because we right. want to fit in and go about our business. Well, uh, you don't have to, but you can get yourself out of there if something's not right, right? Right. And and I think that's the key is, you know, we're we're taught to pay attention to a lot of things, what's on our phone and all these things in in our situational awareness and. And our reading of you know what's going on around us has just trust in our gut it's fallen uh, by the wayside. I think uh, a lot in in general. And so, um, 
in any anything that you that you see that's out of place like don't like pay attention the first time really because the second time is uh there 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 could be problems so whether that's you know in a mall or when you're having a conversation with your spouse about where were they last night or um you know or or you're in an investigation like like what really did happen to all that uh the box of masks that that or several truckloads of masks, whatever it is, right? Right. Um, so, so, the, so that's that's the basis of of that. Yeah. Yeah. So the the R, the V, the I, the V, the A, and the L. So here's what we have. Remember where you are. Vanquish fear and panic. Mm-hmm. Improvise and improve. Value living. Act like the natives and live by your wits. Mm-hmm. I think those are all. Like for me, I look at those and I go, oh yeah. And the light bulb clicks for me. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what brings me back to that situational awareness like you're talking about. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I want to move into, because you have really had an opportunity to work on some incredible cases. And I, you know, there, I know there's a lot that are ongoing investigations, so you can't mm-hmm. talk about those. But can you talk about some of your your past cases that you've been able to work on where there was a large fraud perpetrated against either an entity, a government agency, an individual, and really how you helped to determine that behavior mm-hmm. and, and sort of how people were able to ferret out and mm-hmm. lead to, you know, a, a, a good outcome. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one that I've worked on was 22 million and we were able to stop that transaction from going down. So uh, it, there was a financial advisor here in Denver and a guy walked in the office and said, I have a $22 million check because uh, I sold my company and I will, I want you to invest it for me and um, uh, I'll, I'll be back. And so Here's, here's the, there's so many red flags just in that, but here's the problem. Okay. So the red flags are what? No one with a $22 million check is going to walk into your office. That is, that has a legit check. Right. And this sounds silly, right? But all the big, big transfers like that are just that they're transfers. They're not checks. Right. The, uh, um, and then I'll be back tomorrow. Okay, so that's kind of a that was a little sketchy. And then um, uh, he had just like a little bit too much information about where this money came from. But then here's the problem. The problem is that the invest or the investment advisor. Well, there's another problem. Where where she worked, I know their fees and they're way too high. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you where where she worked, but you know, different, different investors, people who have $22 million aren't going to spend what they, what they charge. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about the investment fees, the broker fees. Yeah. 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 And I know what they are. And anyway, okay. So I don't want to throw anyone under the bus too bad. Um, but then the problem is that you start to lose your, your, uh, your senses because the investment advisor, she's like, okay, I'm going to get my percentage of that. And like, she wants this to come through. Right. So all of a sudden she calls me, she's like, and she, she kind of knows this. Right. And she, and, and she got a funny vibe from the guy, but she wanted the money. 
and and so she calls me and she's like can you train me real quick overnight <laughs> on what i should look for and i said well you got all these red flags here you wear that and she's like yeah but i'm like no yeah but no yeah but that's not no okay um and so she I think ended up, we had a conversation where we didn't even get to body language. We just talked about the stuff me and you talked about just now, situational awareness and what should happen versus what is happening. And um, I think what happened, because the guy's like, I'll be back tomorrow at two. And I, because she, she had an office by herself. And I think she hired security to be in there with her for the day. Um like plain clothes security. And she wanted me to come and I was like, oh boy, I don't know if I want to get involved in, in that because people will um, embed me in their teams from time to time to uh, like sales teams or things like that, where I'm just like part of, like nobody knows who I am. Like a secret shopper. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but yeah, just like an, an, just like an extra part of the team, extra secretary or whatever. Um, and anyway, the guy never came back. So, uh, we were able to determine that she needed to not do this just by, just by the things that, that, you know, we went through. So we didn't even get into the fine points of, of deception, right. And because you didn't need to, because the situational awareness was all you needed to know that this, this is not good. Um, the uh, harder, I guess, more intricate cases that I've worked on, I've had a, um, uh, like a trend this year, uh, cause okay. I, I don't work on a ton of cases. I, I work on a few, mostly what I do is, is keynotes. Um, is it the, the trend now is for in a divorce case is for lawyers to tell the parent who wants to have the kid full time that they are abusing the, the other parent is abusing the sexually abusing the kid. And the kids are small, like four, five and under. And, you know, kids are parrots at that age. They're, they're, right. they don't, they don't um, <clears throat> have a lot of commentary on their own. Right. <laughs> and so, right. so what happened is the, um, so the dad calls me and he's, and at this point, by the time people call me, everyone in the case is crazy, everyone. And I know that, and I can't take um, and it's probably like the same way when people call you, like by the time you get called, it's like things are off the rails. Right. And so, and so the dad calls me and he's like, the mom is crazy. And now there's this video of her interviewing the, the kid who said, who said, daddy touched him. Okay. Now here's the deal. So I was like, send me the video, send me the video. So, and, and they want to use that in court. That's what they want to use in court. I said, send it over for one. Okay. So here's how the video looks. There's a kid wearing a Batman suit, rolling around on the floor with a pacifier. And the mom goes, tell me where daddy touched you. Right. And the TV's on and he doesn't want to be doing this interview. Okay. So I'm like, God, I'm like, clearly like this kid has been coached, but I need, I need like to figure out what's gone on really. Like what, like, I can't just say that. Like I need a, I need something to hang my hat on. I didn't right. quite have it and I didn't have it. And besides that, okay. Anything that, that is admissible in court needs to be done by a child forensic psychologist. I am not, I am clear that I am not that. And I'm not going to 
do that anytime soon. Okay. Um, and, and, and I didn't know, like I wanted to help the dad because, because no judge should accept this evidence. They shouldn't, but, and, and now I'm involved. Right. And I'm like, God, what is it? What is it about this? So I have a team of um, retired uh, federal agents that I lean on from time to time, because I don't think anybody knows everything. And I, and I certainly don't. So I sent it to him and he takes a quick look and this video is not more than a minute and 40 seconds or so. He goes, here, here's what it is. He goes, here's how you know he's been coached is because he ha he's young enough to have a pacifier and his line was, daddy touched my private parts. And he goes, that language is is way too old, way too advanced for a kid in a pacifier. And I'm like, that's it. That's why I didn't get. It. So see, I, I learn all the time. Um, and I do believe it was thrown out. They wanted to bring me on the stand and I'm never going to go on a stand because body right. language is not admissible in, in court. And, you know, I'm not retired FBI or anything. You know, I've been lucky enough to train alongside in some of those same classes. Uh, but you know, that's just a different level when you're, when you're doing that every day and and that's okay. Um, and that and, reminds me of like this episode, yeah. you know, so I just, I just got out of the hospital yesterday, right? It was oh, one of these things that just popped up on what, what is today? Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, so on Monday, uh, I was feeling fine Tuesday. Didn't feel so great. And my wife's like, look, you got some underlying stuff going on. Let's, let's get you to oh, the hospital. Yikes. So go to the hospital, whatever, and I'm laying in mm -hmm. the emergency room and a whole long story. But anyways, um, you know, when you're in a hospital, you have limited number of channels. And unfortunately, the channel that I was landing on was Dr. Phil. Uh, well, let's talk about Dr. Phil, though. I want to hear your story. Dr. Phil is a very, very skilled forensic psychologist. Yes, like, he, he is. is not a joke. That guy, no. Like, you think he is? He is not. Yeah, it, I just, you know, like I, I, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but like, I think of these TV shows and I think of like Jerry Springer mm -hmm. and, you know, Dr. Phil and, you know, the, the, the ex bodyguard from Jerry Springer, Steve. And, you know, I just kind of, <laughs> I'm like, come on, man, really? But anyways, you know, this was a, it was a very serious show and it was just about what you were talking about. Um, this wife was accusing the husband of um, abusing and molesting their children. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because, you know, I was watching Dr. Phil and he was letting this woman tell the story. And then he would turn to the husband and he would say, are you a monster? Mm -hmm. And that was it. And like, you're looking for like quivering lips or darting eyes or stuff like that, but whatever. But then he turned back to, you know, the, the mother and he's like, did you ever report this? Mm -hmm. Why not? Mm -hmm. he, you made an accusation that he tried to poison your child and you called poison control or no. Did you call poison control? And she's like, well, no, I didn't. Did you report it to, and it, you know, you could see him starting to unravel her yeah. story. Right. Uh -huh. And I always wonder about people because, you know, to me, you know, I'm of the mindset that if you tell a lie, you have to continue that lie. Oh, yeah. And the more you continue the lie, the bigger it gets, the more mm -hmm. it snowballs and the deeper you get yourself into this. I mean, and, and that leads to the deception. And I think that's one of the things that you do really well. Can you talk about deception and how you 
you know, determine somebody is being deceptive or how you know that you're being deceived? Um, so, so what I look for is mismatches between the body language and the words, right? And the easiest one, and we talked about this in Vegas, like when someone shakes it for a yes or no question, right? This, this means yes, not, not in your head, shaking your head. This means no. Right. And so, um, whenever uh the body language and the words don't match that's when you got a hot spot and uh for a direct yes or no question that's um it's pretty easy like if i said uh like i asked my husband you want chicken for dinner and he was like yeah <laughs> right shaking his head no and and so uh, that that's a really easy one like on a direct yes or no question now if it's a longer uh a longer question than uh, a longer conversation, then you gotta uh, look for different signs, right? The mismatches, right? Look for when do they cross their arms? Are they crossing their arms all the time? Is there a certain uh, tell that they seem to lean on when, when you think they may be going off the rails, right? And so it's a, like, and I'm looking at tone, I'm listening for language. And these are the things that, that I'm, that I'm listening for. So like uh, one of the things in, in, cause, cause I do study um, uh, statement analysis, just, just a little mm -hmm. bit. And uh, it, the difference is if someone says, um, you ask them a question, they say no. Well, and if you ask them a question and they say never, those are two, those are very different. Right. And, right. and the never happens to, show a lot of history of being deceptive right so um so little things like that is what i'm looking at so i want to read something if it's okay i, okay. I want to read something out of your book um, <laughs> because there's i mean there's really like the book is really really good um but for me there's like i'm always looking for these nuggets of information things that i can tuck away but you know there's there's this passage that you you write here and it says <clears throat> Some people are great liars and are guilt-free. These are individuals without a moral compass or those who are mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Others have an overwhelming sense of guilt when they lie. How do you differentiate between these two types? And, go ahead. How do I differentiate between? Well, that's, that takes a longer conversation, right? It does. Yeah. And... Even in cases of mental illness, about 90% of them will show, will, will leak deception somehow, some way. And, and it, we're looking head to toe. We're not just looking at, at their face. So um, it, on, on a certain level, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're on the mental illness scale. The, the thing is, mental illness is, is a hot topic right now. Right. And narcissism is at the top of the interest level, I think, because of uh, politics and and the narcissism that people people think was just on Trump's side. Well, I guarantee you it's on the other side, too. Guarantee yeah. it. And and so uh, it's, it's it's a hotter topic. And <laughs> sometimes you just you don't need the the differentiation the problem is if you go around making it too hard and trying to put people in boxes and things like that you're not going to see what's right in front of you right and yep. and what's in what's in front of you is what's most important yep it, you know and, and and you bring up the word narcissism right mm -hmm. and you know look throughout history we've we've seen 
political leaders, we've seen uh, religious leaders um, who truly fit the definition of a narcissist. And I mm -hmm. think some people have a, a misperception for what a narcissist actually is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, a narcissist is somebody who is completely self-absorbed. You know, they can't see the forest beyond the trees and the fantasy world that they live in. And everything is about them. Mm -hmm. Everything is me, 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 I, I, I. And they refer to themselves in, what is it, the first person? Is that is that what our former president used to be? Or is it the third person? I always um, No, I, I don't think he did a lot of third person. It was a lot of first person. Uh, yeah, I think it was a lot of first person. Now, here's the thing about narcissism. It is it is on the scale of mental uh, mental illness. Okay. It's it's the, it's on the bottom rung, right? And that is because it is actually developed. It's a defense mechanism. It's not a uh it's not uh I guess like like truly ingrained born that way mental problem. Right. And and it comes from not being seen and heard, not feeling seen and heard when you're a kid. And everybody I know that's a narcissist has a history of of uh, abuse or some kind of situation like that where, you know what, they just decided they got to take care of themselves and they're going to pay attention to themselves and they're going to be seen and heard and that's how it's going to be. And so that's that's what we see. Uh, it, does it make them a bad person? Uh, sometimes, not all yeah. the time. There's a lot of highly functioning narcissists, uh, but it does make them, it can make them difficult to be around because everything that they say is designed to make them look like the good guy. It, it, it reminds me of a, a, a TV show. I don't know if it's on HBO or Showtime or whatever. I, I, I've been addicted to it. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Succession. You know what? I watched the first episode and I didn't know if I wanted to watch anymore. So what do you think? I love it. I am absolutely Why? addicted to the show. So one, it 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 shows it, it, it's really about family dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking at it from the perspective of, oh, this is a media conglomerate, media giant, you know, and it's showing all the corruption that goes on within inside those organizations, mm -hmm. hostile takeovers, division of these kind of things. But as you were talking, it reminded me of one of the um, antagonists, if you will, in, 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 well, it reminded me of the antagonist and the protagonist in the show. And for me, the, one of the individuals, his name, he, his name is Kendall Roy. He's one of the sons. And he calls himself or refers to himself as the eldest son. But the truth is, he's reminded he's not the eldest son. And that, you know, everything that he has suffered at the hands of his father uh -huh. and everything that he's been subjected to and everything that I, and I've always tried to do what's right. And I've always done this. And, I've, and not taking into consideration that he had three other siblings that were hoisted into the same boat with him mm -hmm. by this, you know, very abusive, verbally abusive father who, you know, plays mind games. And it, I'm telling you, it is, watch the show. Okay. I, I literally just finished um, the season finale of episode of um, season four okay. last night. And I am like, just itching. My body's itching for the next season. Oh. It is that good. It, now, it's on a, it's on a different level from Yellowstone. I, I, I love Yellowstone. You know what I've been watching too is um, Ozark. 
Oh, I love Ozark. Ozark is fantastic. That's all about fraud. Love, love that. Oh, Bate, Jason Bateman is fantastic. And the so young good. girl that's in there, she's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really good. Yeah. So so I wanna I wanna try to because I I know, you know, when we were in Las Vegas, we we talked and, and you were talking to healthcare professionals, mm-hmm. right? And in our industry, fraud is running rampant. Mm-hmm. Um durable medical equipment. The billing of services that billing, yeah. Yeah, billing of services. Can you talk about some of you know what you prepared for and in going into the AMBA keynote speech that you did? And by the way, it was fantastic. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. We had a great time. What so I, I really what we talked about in there is <clears throat> uh there was a lot of things between, and I'm trying to remember back here, is the check really in the mail or not? Right. Did did they real did the insurance company really um, uh, receive the claim or did they just not want to try to find it right and it's and, and here's the thing it's all these little bitty things that add up to huge hassles right because lies cost you time money and energy that's what they cost you and uh, in those that that's just it time money and energy and it comes in a lot of different ways so. Um, those were some of the things that we talked about. And I think we talked about, um, we talked about tone. We talked about uh, the, the right questions to ask so that you put people right. under that cognitive load and, and they will tell you um, what's really going on. Right. And, yeah. and the easiest question is, huh, you know what? It seems like there's more you want to say about that yep. or more you have to say about that. Or um, you can go, okay, when let's, Let's talk about what really happened, <laughs> right? So you're not right. calling them a liar, but you are letting them know, hey, I'm on to you. So in yep. um, those, when said with sweetness and, and kindness can really get you really far. Yep. And, you know, in, in your book, you talk about lies, right? Since we're talking about lies right now, and you talk about the different types, right? You talk about exaggerations mm-hmm. and, and, and those being an attempt to magnify or overstate attributes, accomplishments, or Mm -hmm. events beyond fact, right? This is maybe tied to that narcissist. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that, but like I find narcissists are always exaggerating the facts. They're always, you know, embellishing or taking something to a level beyond maybe what it actually was. Is that, is that fair? I don't have science on that. I'm the beat on the street is definitely possible. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And, and then we have fabrications, right? Mm-hmm. Which is an attempt to make up non-existent facts or attributes. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I feel like fabrications probably fall on that that lower rung or maybe somewhere on the rung of mental illness, right? You know, oh, people... not necessarily. It can be really a protective mechanism. So people right? living in a fantasy world and, and fabricating these stories well... to... It could be like um, if I ask you, hey, hey, where'd you go last night? And you're like, oh, I just went to the store to pick up a gallon of milk. And you really went to the bar. Right. So that's fabrication. That's not a that's not a, 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 a that's not a um, a direct lie. I don't know what other well, it, is. it is. A lie. It's a kind of a lie. Right. It's a kind of lie. It's a fabrication. OK, it's not a dis- well, you know, it wouldn't be a deceptive dismissal. Uh, uh, is it deceptive, uh, deceptive, uh, so an attempt to refute or maintain that a statement of fact is in error or an event did not deceptive denial. Yeah. So that's like, if you just said, no, that's deceptive denial. Okay. I went to the bar or I went to the store to get a gallon of milk. 
that is um, fabrication. So you see, you got two and one there, right? It doesn't take very much to get a couple. We can probably keep building on it. <laughs> yeah, I think we definitely can. And you know, um, you know, there's minimization, which mm -hmm. you know, I think this one was kind of interesting, which is an attempt to underreport or reduce to the least possible degree any perceived negative fact, event, or attribute. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. think that's tied to a defense mechanism, maybe, or a sense of guilt, maybe um, that? somebody who had knowledge of something didn't want to i think i think they just don't want to talk about it and and that's a that's a form, you know it's a form of hiding things so um i interviewed uh who was, was it mark mcclish on my podcast and he's a statement analysis expert yeah. and he um he said bruce jenner well now it's caitlin jenner uh someone uh asked him something and he goes oh i just had my adam's apple shaved Right, because they asked him if he was trans transmuting or I don't I don't know all that right, uh, tra transferring over to be a woman, right. and and he goes uh, no I just had my Adam's apple shape so just the word just is a that's the um, word you're looking for because the word just meant is an attempt to minimize. Got it. Whatever now, whatever it is. Now this one my my wife kind of harps on me all the time about omission. Mm -hmm. um, an attempt to leave out critical facts for information perceived as harmful or irrelevant to the individual's position. So mm -hmm. I tell my wife, you know, I'm not omitting facts. I just didn't find that disclosing more than what was required was. Well, now this this is this is, <laughs> this is what my husband says when the auditors come around. He's in aerospace. He's like, we just stop talking. <laughs> like that is that is uh, that is omitting information. And there's a there's a um, there's a fine line there between what you need to say and not. And is it a lie or not? And and that's you know I'm not the karma police. That that's up to the the user. <laughs> the karma police. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, you know, in the very beginning, we started talking about baselining, right? And mm -hmm. and you started to say, look, and I think this is really the critical aspect for me, because I want our listeners who are compliance officers, auditors, mm -hmm. HR professionals, I want them to be able to understand that, <clears throat> excuse me, you can't just dive straight into saying, tell me what you did, mm -hmm. right? Um you, you have to baseline somebody, right? So in, in your book, you, you use examples like, can you tell me how to spell your first name correctly, right? Especially oh, yeah. if you have a name like Emily uh -huh. or Sean or mm -hmm. John or, you know, something that has multiple uh, uh, variations to its spelling, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you kind of get them, you know, maybe less defensive, right? So can you tell me how to spell your name properly? Sure. S-E-A-N. Okay. Um, where do you live? Yeah. Right. So you're just trying to get somebody. It, 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 when you say baseline, are you asking these questions to be able to see when, you know, what triggers a person, right? Because a person's not going to get triggered by answering well, where do you live? What, what, I, no, they're not. And, and, uh, what I'm looking for is, uh, body language, tone, and words, right? How how do okay. they answer? How quickly do they answer? What's their volume? What's their uh, tone, temper, and timber and pitch? Um, uh, how quickly do they speak? Uh, these are all the things that I'm that, that you can get off of these little 
little bitty questions. How do they move in their chair? What's um, what's their blink rate, blink weight? How uh, dilated are their eyes? Like all of these things are what I'm what I'm looking for. And I can, you know, I've done doing this a long time, so I can I can do a quick scan and be like, okay, cool, got it. And then, you know, when the questions get more incriminate, potentially incriminating, like you start to see a shift and, and it's like, okay, this is like at certain points, like this is where you need to um, uh, ask deeper questions, right? But by the same token, you can also say, okay, wow, they're telling the truth, right? And in one of the uh, stories I did for media on um, Cleo Smith out of Australia, the little girl stolen out of her tent, um, I looked at the parents and I'm like, God, you know what? They are not lying. The parents are, they did not do this. And it would be really easy to look at some of those signs and go, oh, they did it, right? But whenever you look at one sign or if you don't take the whole picture into account, then you're gonna get a false a false reading, right? And and I told the I told the mm -hmm. reporter, I was like, I just I just don't think I'm I'm not seeing deception here, right? So so there's an art and a science to it. And um it's it's not the kind of thing where you can read a book or go to a keynote and be like, okay, cool, I got it. Right. Because there's so many caveats and and um it's a fun study, right? right. Uh, to to watch videos and and uh, see, you know, what you can find and find some analysis on it, because there's there's some great analysis out there. Some friends of mine are um, uh, the behavior panel on on YouTube, and those guys are fantastic. And um, I love I love what they're doing. And it's just real hard, hard nosed analysis. And, um, you know, if you really want to study, I mean, if you if you're done with my book, <laughs> then, then go go watch their videos. <laughs> yeah. And. Yeah, I definitely am interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, look, you know, I have I have so many things that, you know, in, in my job, I'm very blessed and I get to do, you know, all of these really cool, um, you know, uh, projects. And I work on behalf of a lot of different law firms. But, mm -hmm. you know, some of the numbers that you put in here were actually really interesting. You were talking about the Federal Bureau of Investigation and their interrogators. Mm -hmm. And what they've indicated is that 80 to 85 percent accuracy in lie detection not utilizing their opinions right mm -hmm, right so you know you said the best F fbi interrogators have an 80 to 85 percent accuracy in lie detection and do not use opinions right you got you got to get out of that because opinion is um is what will kill you yeah it's it's conjecture mm -hmm. right it's subjective it's 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 guessing is what guessing. it is and yeah. Uh, the problem is sometimes you don't know when it is when you're doing it and not. So so that's why it's it's always good to have a, a partner if it's an important investigation so that you um, you have just more of a chance. Yeah. So a couple a couple of last things that I wanted to ask you about because eyes for me are really important. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I started thinking about as we were talking about somebody's eyes, right? Their blink rate. Like I was thinking and maybe I'm being an idiot about this, but I was thinking like, if I, if, if I'm going to get interrogated, like I'm going to start off by going in there and just throwing the, the interrogator off. I'm going to be like blinking my eyes. Like what's wrong with this guy? Uh, it's a, it's a tick. I don't know. You know? So maybe when they get to those hard, those mm -hmm. hardcore questions, they're, they're, it kind of makes it hard. I don't know. Maybe I'm being foolish about that, but you know, you, you talked about a couple of things, right? There were two myths that you kind of dispelled. Um, the first one is shifty-eyed people are liars. Mm -hmm. Not true. Not, not not true. Not necessarily. Not always true. Sometimes yeah. true. 
Can you expand on that? Well, yeah. So we all have eye patterns and, and the eyes really are the window to the soul. They, they reveal where we're accessing information from. Uh, and everybody's are different. Sometimes they follow that eye pattern chart um, that you see in NLP books. Uh, and sometimes they don't. And, but what's important is, and, and, there, and there's, there's a use, there's a use for that chart. It's, it's only sometimes accurate in, in lie detection. Got so it. you got to compare people to themselves. Got it. And the second myth is that liars don't make eye contact. See, for me, this is one that I've always kind of relied on where, you know, I felt like, you know, somebody's looking up to the left and they're kind of looking around and wandering and they're not making eye contact with me. That was, uh, that was for me, a number one indicator of, I don't know that they're necessarily being truthful. Mm -hmm. what, do, what do you say about that? Some people have a look to talk rule and others don't. And that's developed when we're young. Like, like you look your father in the eye, young lady, like th things like that. Uh, and other people don't like my eyes roll around in my head all the time. And so um, <laughs> it, it's, it, you, you can't, you can't base it just on that. But if there's a shift, right. If there's a shift at an important time, then, um, then you may have something. And, and actually um, the, one of the studies shows, I mean, there's, all sorts of studies. One of the studies shows that liars will look at you more because they are trying to determine if you're on board or not. So, um, and we saw that in the Chris Watts interrogation video. Can you talk? Um, and what was the Chris Chris Watts interrogation? What was uh, Chris that about? Watts. So he was a fellow over here, not far uh, from me, and it was what two, three years ago now. And he he killed his wife and his pregnant wife and his two kids and stuffed them in an oil well and uh, and he gave this interview. Because, uh, and it was an interesting interview because it was seven minutes unedited. Because most of the time what they do, they, they switch back and forth between cameras and then you can't see some of the stuff and some of it ends up being voiceover and it, and it really kind of wrecks the, uh, the lie detection that's possible. But anyway, um, he, and, and then I saw it again, I had to file an open records request uh, with Weld County to get the interrogation video, but he, uh, you know, he, 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 would, he would look directly at the interrogator and then he said, I did not kill my kids, <laughs> right? And so what did he do? He whispered, he whispered, kill my, he, he couldn't even say it at full volume, right? So that's, so, so you see how that's a shift in, in his, in his volume, right? While he looked straight at the interrogator where he wasn't looking straight at uh, her before that, right? So um it's all these little things that kind of add up. And then, you know, he, they, they did construct a situation where he melted down and, um, and told everybody what he did. She's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the eyes and, you know, I thought this was really interesting, you know, for me, um, you know, looking to the right basically means that they're trying to construct their story. They're trying to remember the facts. They're trying to, you know, put together, you know, a cohesive statement, if you will. It can to, be, yeah. It can be, okay. It's not all the time, but it can be. Okay. Um, we saw uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I caught Aaron yeah. Rodgers uh, doing that because he had his big thing about him. He was immunized and versus um, did he get a vaccine and things like that. And um, anyway, he, he, he was very classic. His eyes darted to the viewer's left as, as he said, uh, I can't remember his exact um, phrase, but uh, anyway, the, the, I, I caught him at that. So they happened to be, congr be uh, congruent at that mm. moment. 
So that's what you were talking about. So when people look to your left just before they answer your question, they are often constructing or fabricating their answer. They can be, yeah. Now, you know, if if someone is is left-handed versus right-handed, that can come into play there. But so so really, like the safest thing is is to compare people to themselves. Got it. Got it. And the last one is defocused eyes, mm-hmm. right? So defocused eyes. Uh, meaning that they're telling their story. They're often going into brain space of constructing the image mm-hmm. of what they're saying instead of remembering it. So mm-hmm. they're visualizing what it was as opposed to trying to gain a verbal recollection. Is that what that means? They're they're visualizing what it what they wished had happened as opposed to what did happen. So that can happen. And we saw that on um, real clear on... Uh, a f- several years ago, the football player Manti Teo, he yes. uh, he was he was catfished, and we he got on Oprah or some talk show, and you saw that re- really clearly. Yeah. So um, you know, not everyone does it, but it's like when you see it, you go, "Oh, okay, that's probably what's going on, right?" And then, of course, there's more questions you want to ask, and then you can get to the truth. Absolutely. So I don't want to give away too much because I want people to get your book because I'm telling you this this is the, before my before my next interrogation. <laughs> um this is go i'm gonna pick this up and 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 i'm going to go back through some of these things but for those of you that are listening right there's there's something in here that tracy refers to as pacifiers and these Mm -hmm. are things that are done or can be done during a tense situation right so you're you know you've gone through your initial questions of you know tell me your name you know can you remember some of the facts and then all of a sudden you know, something in your mind starts to go, mm, don't know if that's adding up. So now you ask that trigger question, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you have somebody cracking their knuckles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hugging their self, you know, like, you know, trying to like real tight. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They can be um, doing their fingers like this. It's a pacifier. It can be called an adapter. Um, uh, playing with their ring, like, yep. Like that, uh, smoothing their pants, uh, doing their hair, drumming um, their fingers, mm-hmm. yeah, yawning. Yeah. All those they, they let off stress. See, I always thought when somebody yawned during one of my investigations, it was because I was so boring. Now no. I know that th- that's a pacifier situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So really, um, you know, rocking, bouncing, wiggling, crossing their legs, hair, like you said, hair touching, grooming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sitting on their feet. What does that mean? Sitting on their feet. Well, if someone uh, like doesn't have their feet on the ground, right? So they kind of sit on their feet. Got it. So, okay. That makes perfect sense to me. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So we, I I think we've talked a good bit about this. Where can, where can people pick up your book? Uh, Two places you can get it on Amazon always. Um, If you order it straight from me, I ship both of them. I make more money. It's a bodylanguagetrainer.com and you can, you can get it. It's on Kindle as as well. So yeah, Christmas is is coming. It's a it's a, a it's a good time to know about lie detection. <laughs> what a great gift to give a spouse. <laughs> Actually, people don't want to give it to their spouse. <laughs> well, I, I I'm sure I'm sure when Jill gets home tonight, she's gonna to be like, "Where's that book?" Mm, probably so. You're busted. Yep. You're busted. I'm 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 always busted. And then you also have your own podcast and your TV channel. Where can people find you online? 
Okay, so uh, we talked about my website, bodylanguagetrainer.com. My uh, podcast is called Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And you can find that anywhere you get your podcast. And I, um, you know, I do have a YouTube channel. You can look me up. Uh, what's exciting is that I'm working in Hollywood uh, to uh, produce a show uh, by the same name of my podcast called Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. So we're working on that. You can see the, um, you can see the trailer. I have a trailer for it. Um, but here's what you want to do. Um, when you want to know more, you want to see the trailer, you want to find my podcast, you want to connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that, just uh, pick up your phone. I know your phone's right by you. Text the word lies, L-I-E-S, to the number 22828. So text the word lies to the number 22828. And what will happen is um, I'll send you... Uh, all, all that stuff, I'll send you videos of famous people lying on TV and you'll be on my mailing list for a once a month update on who's lying. And um, it gets to be pretty fun, a fun way to keep in touch. Absolutely. And in the very beginning, we talked about the exercise that you and I got to do out in Las Vegas. <laughs> was I telling the truth about being at the Playboy Mansion or was I lying? No, you weren't. Okay, so let's let's talk, let's talk about what happened. So, I handed Sean, I handed everybody on the panel. There's a small panel, um, two envelopes. They didn't know which one was a lie, which one was the truth. I had interviewed you beforehand, and um, I uh, and you opened up one that was a lie. And the deal is, you you open it up, you sell it to the audience like it's the truth, and we'll ask you questions for a minute or two, and then tell if you're lying or not. And so, uh, no, you did a horrible job lying. And if um, <laughs> you have not been to the Playboy Mansion, so uh, no, it, it always gets to be really fun. I always I, I do that in my keynotes that are an hour and fifteen or longer, and. Um, I always give that question to uh, to a, a guy because uh, it turns out the women don't appreciate it as much. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this to any of the associations, and I have a lot of medical and professional associations that actually tune in and log on to my podcast. Um, if in 2022 you're looking for a keynote speaker, you're looking for somebody to bring, you know, a fun exercise, something that allows a lot of audience participation, because there were a lot of questions that were asked of me. And I did a horrible job of selling it. Um, you know, I think one of the questions I was asked was, how did you get there? And I was like, on a private jet. And they were like, with who? And I was like, Bill Clinton. And I think everybody <laughs> at that. Now, 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 wait a minute. It, it is possible that I was on a private jet with Bill Clinton. Um, just the fact that it was me, the, the likelihood of me being on a plane with Bill Clinton heading out to uh, anywhere was, well, that, that's was the not going to happen. Forced to lie and make stuff up really quick. That's when you see stuff go off the rails. So yeah, we we got you. You're uh, bad. Yeah, liar. I was busted. I was busted. I'm a terrible liar. That's why I don't do it. So, all right. So this brings us to the end of our podcast with Tracy Brown. Tracy, thank you so much for being here today. I've hey, had a ton of laughs. I've had a yeah, I've had a great time. I hope you enjoyed being here. I know that our our viewers today uh, across the different uh, streaming platforms, uh, I, I was watching and keeping an eye on the number of folks that we had. And uh, we maintained almost 100% viewership all the way until the very end, which is great. I can't wait for this to get out onto the podcast platforms for everybody to be able to 
listen to this on your own free time. For those of you that want to watch the actual video portion of this, you'll be able to find it on a number of the streaming platforms that we talked about at the beginning of the show. As always, what I want to say to you is thank you so much for tuning in, logging on, and hanging out with me. And again, my very special guest today, Tracy Brown, uh, a master at talking about how to detect lies, fraud, and identity theft. And again, remember, folks, be good to yourself, but more importantly, be good to each other. And until next time, take care.